football is back and what a way to kick things off. A nice away day victory for the R's at Stoke City. Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team and I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Matt Webb. The R's got off to a cracking start, didn't they, with that victory at the Bet365 Stadium. And we'll be looking back on that while also catching up with one of our 14 summer signings, Angel Rangel. It's a big weekend ahead for QPR. Not only is it the first home game of the season, of course, but Saturday we'll see the official launch of the Kind Prince Foundation Stadium. So we've got lots to get through right here on the Loftcast. Okay, since Webby, thanks very much for joining us. Well, I don't know where to start. There's so much to get through since our last Loftcast. Of course, we've had 14 new signings, 11 departures, a new manager as well. Um, let's start then uh, with the, the new manager, just very briefly uh, since coming to you. Like I say, he's overseen a complete overhaul of the uh, the QPR squad. He's called it major surgery. He, he referenced throwing a grenade in there to stir things up. Well, he's certainly done that. He has... Wasted no time putting his stamp on this squad. What are your early impressions of Mark Warburton, firstly? I've been really impressed with him from the uh, the minute he's walked through the door. You know, the way he speaks, the positiveness that he uh, exudes. Um, I think he's come into the club fully aware of the situation, eyes fully wide open. I think ideally, as a manager, any manager at any level, you don't want to do the radical surgery that he's had to do. But I think he and the club uh, felt it was necessary and probably the right thing to do actually give it a good shake up let's almost start from scratch and see where that takes us it's a very brave thing to do as well isn't it to, to go in and make so many changes incredibly brave incredibly bold but you know again um, he was given the job I'm sure it was discussed where we were what needed to be done and Mark's probably had his own ideas you know people going out the door very quickly he's obviously had a look at, a look at that and thinking you know what for what wages the possibly one I probably can bring in better you know he's brought personnel in um, that'll fit the style he wants to play which I think it's important and for me the key to I know it's 14 players but they all came in quite early other than the ones who came in the last week of uh, before the season starts so got a lot of business done early I think that's really really important as a player to to bed down during the importance of the pre-season program and as I say I think he's made some good signings. Have you during your playing days did you ever experience an overhaul such as that, whether you were a player already at the club or one of the, the influx of new signings? Not to that extent or nowhere near that extent. Um, to be honest, as a, as a player, you, you, know, you, you finish your last season and you, you know when you're reporting back and you, you, you get away and you escape. And in many, uh, many cases, including us, that's where real, the real work starts behind the scenes. And credit to, credit to Lee and Les and you know, the owners and Mark for, for what they've identified the path they want to proceed down and as I say I think it's uh, I think it's exciting and uh, let's see where we go yeah and some very exciting signings as well when you look at it, you've got the likes of uh, Luke Amos and Matt Smith coming online from Tottenham and Manchester City respectively you've got younger players such as Connor Masterson who was doing very well at Liverpool uh, left there because he wanted to to be closer to first team action um, you've got the experience of players like Wallace and Barbe the attacking threat of Jordan Hugel, so it is a complete overhaul, but it's certainly exciting, isn't it? Yeah, really exciting. Um, I mean, you, you look at Hugel, I mean, the last time he probably did well at this level, 
um, 13, 14. Um, had a player of Charlie Austin leading the line. I think Jordan Hugel is someone who's going to maybe take that mantle on. He's, he's someone who really can lead the line. I think we spoke about, you spoke about just then about the, the kind of complete overhaul. I think two things have been quite evident. Firstly, I think Mark Warburton's been quite... Um, He's been quite open at the fact that he felt he came in and things were a bit too comfortable for the players that were here. Um, so that's been really interesting that he felt, you know, is major surgery ideal? Probably not, but did I have to do it to to kind of shake things up? Yes. And I think the other thing that's quite important, that looks to be important as well, is that um, when Steve McLaren came in um, last summer, there wasn't such an overhaul um, when he tried to kind of change the style of play. I think Mark Warburton's recognised that He's going to have to change the style of play and to do that, not only is he going to have to change the personnel to, to make things a little bit less comfortable, he's going to have to do it because he needs players that are able to play that, that way. Yeah, it's a very interesting point. I mean, you, you look at the West Brom one, um, obviously 12 months ago, and we conceded seven up there and we, we were trying to play a style of football and then in the end we moved away from that style of play. You, you look at the style of play Mark Warburton is looking to implement, similar in the sense of playing out from the back, but if you look at the team that started at the weekend, you've got four defenders who are all very comfortable playing that way. I think it's really important as a as as a as a as a manager, whatever club you're at, whatever level you're at, you have a look at what you've got. You have your own ideas, uh, how you want to play. We all have that, the way the game should be played. But you look at your personnel. Are they able to play that way? Are they comfortable in possession? Can we play through the thirds? Have we got pace in our, our ranks to hurt the opposition? And if you probably haven't got that at your disposal, I think you put your own philosophy a little bit on the back burner and take more of a slower approach to get there. What we saw at the start of uh, last season was this is the way we're going to play um, and it probably cost us. You remember the West Brom game? I think we got caught playing out from the back for two of the goals. I know we conceded seven, so two from seven is not the be-all and end-all, but it's a, it's a large proportion. Um, and I thought a couple of the players in particular looked a little bit uncomfortable trying to play it and listen if you if you lose your first game, four games you are going to be uncomfortable playing it and because confidence ebbs away you know you you're not as comfortable on the ball you don't get yourself into positions where you really really want it so uh, so yeah I think that's the big difference uh, Mark's had a look you know if you look at uh, the personnel he's brought in he's brought in Johan Barbe which is a very technically uh, gifted centre back first and foremost can he defend yes he can of course he can but you know if you want to play out from the back and you want your two centre halves to split him and Grant Hall fit that bill really really well so uh, that's your basis of what you can play for your goalkeeper needs to be comfortable with the ball at his feet and I think Joe's made big big improvements with that and he's brought Liam Kelly in who probably that's a real strength of his game so from day one I think Mark's laid down a marker that's the way we're going to play I know they've been working incredibly hard for six seven weeks on it as well as their fitness and I think we saw signs in the opening game of the season and against Watford what we're capable of doing. Is he a manager you'd enjoy playing under? If he picked me. <laughs> uh, no without a doubt uh, uh, from day one I say from day one, even before day one, I remember what he did up at Brentford. You know, the way he got Brentford playing and an attractive way of playing. He wanted uh, uh, players to get on the ball. He gives players freedom. He wants them to express themselves. Now, to me, that's would have been music to my ears, albeit, um, albeit you still have to work your socks off when you're not in possession. And 
again, signs against Watford, the games I've seen. And certainly Saturday, we worked incredibly hard. And I think the, the words coming out from the training ground from some of the players as they feel very, very fit, which will stand us in good, good stead for the, the long haul of the championship season. OK, well, you, t- you mentioned Stoke City there, so let's turn to the opening game. And um, I think a lot of people, certainly judging by social media in the lead-up to the game, it was a case of, let's get off the mark, let's pick up a point. Um, anything else beyond that is a bonus, was, was the general view. Prior to the game, uh, the Stoke City manager is openly saying that promotion is the target for this season. So they've really made it very clear what they're looking to achieve. Um, Webby, you were up at the bet three six five. What did you make of that opening game for the Ars? Yeah, I've seen you put. We have like a schedule. I see you put here. Were you surprised by the start? I know firstly since I don't know what you think, but I was surprised by Stoke. I personally thought they weren't they weren't at it at all. And there was uh, the the kind of the atmosphere was really good on kickoff, wasn't it? But it got to they had an early chance um, where we we kind of let them in, and Joe made a really important intervention. But Jordan Hugel scores on eight minutes, and that really that really did. Um, that really did um, quieten the crowd, and we went on from there. Obviously, uh, you touch on it in a minute, but a fantastic goal, team goal, but that culminated in um, a beer scoring. And to be honest, two one pro- probably flat Stoke. I mean, uh, obviously they got the goal, and as you'd expect, they they kind of piled on the pressure thereafter. But no, it was a, a well-deserved victory. Since what impressed you most about QPR's performance? <clears throat> well, first of all, if we rewind a bit, when I saw the fixtures, you always think going to Stoke's going to be a really tough opening fixture you know regardless of what they did last year you know they underachieved massively new personnel going in and play at Stoke first game of the season is a tough game so uh, what impressed me was the way we sort of approached the game I think Mark was really really positive um, early goal always helps you know brilliant to see Jordan Hugel you know seven minutes into your debut what more how big is that for him oh, what more could you ask for whenever you sign for a club doesn't matter how much for whether it's a free on loan millions of pounds you want to you want to build up credibility you want to show your teammates you know this is what I can do for you you want to show your fans you want to repay the faith that the manager or the owners have had in you to bring you to the club so the score after seven minutes a dream come true for Jordan and just going on to him you know as we're talking about him and his goal are I remember seeing him at Preston a couple of years ago and I was really, really impressed with him. I'm being complimentary here when I say he's a, he's almost a throwback to an old-fashioned centre-forward. And what I mean by that is great physique, six foot three, six foot four, good with his back to goal, but he's really mobile. And the important thing is he gets goals, or he did up at Preston anyway. So if he comes here and can hit the ground running, which he's already done, as I say, he could do well for us this year. It's often what... Um, you've tell me this in the past, it's often what players do when they haven't got the ball that really makes them stand out to you. In that respect, what, are you, what was your judgment on Jordan Hugel? Well, he played up front uh, centrally on his own, ably supported you know, by uh, people coming from wide and SA and Bright and Josh Schoen and Amos getting close to him at times. But, uh, you know, really, really good with his back to goal. He's always a threat. You know, I, I look at a centre forward and if I was playing, I want my centre forward. Can I play off him? Can I... Can he be a focal point for the team? Can he? Can the ball stick up there? Because if it sticks up there and he's a threat and he's a he's a physical presence, uh, it allows you to get up the field and build from there. So, uh, as I say, he's he's got a lot to offer. Um, still not 100% fit yet, I don't think, by his own admission and by uh, Mark. But you know, thrown in the other day, 60 minutes, excellent, tied a little bit, but uh, no, delighted for him because I know how good he is and how good he can be for us. 
what was the feel at half time up at um, the Bet365 Webby? It seemed um, very comfortable at that stage, certainly for QPR. Yeah, no, it was um, feeling was that you know we'd you know a great start to the first half. We looked comfortable. Um, obviously, away from home, you always like a second goal. We got that. Um, got the second goal. You think I'd like to get a third goal? Um, but yeah, no, we looked we looked um, we looked in complete control. And I think the the most impressive thing are the, obviously the managers would always want to heap praise on their players. But you've got two teams, Stoke and, and QPR, both undergone massive summer changes and. Just think the, one of the most impressive things about things here at the minute is I know it's still early days, but you've got you've got um, things things seem to be really settled. I mean, you know, fourteen summer signings, but it just seems to be you know a real settled nature about things, and uh, that that was something that kind of stood out for me as well is that you've got Stoke who've undergone um, quite a big change in the summer as, along with ourselves, and um, yeah, we we looks we just look settled and kind of a sense of we knew what we were going to do um not saying Stoke didn't know what they were going to do but they've kind of we looked a lot more you know on it talk us through the the goal then in the the second half it's certainly gone down well on social media I think more than a million people have watched it um, already so it's it's a goal that certainly QPR fans enjoyed seeing and I think that Mark Warburton is known for playing that passing style of football so for the in the opening game to produce a goal like that it's got to give everyone confidence hasn't it I got certainly got excited about it on commentary, uh, along with Nick uh, Nick Landon, who you know does a great job alongside me or me alongside him on every every game. Um, you know, I think I said on commentary, you know, if if anyone wanted to understand the way Martin Warburton wants to play, that goal tells you everything. You know, because it starts with a, a back pass from Grant Hall to Joe Lumley. Joe plays a great ball, the pace he plays it into uh, Johan Barbe is great, great touch, switch it to Angel, Angel plays into Jeff Cameron. Berry as he picks up a really good position in between the lines of their midfield and the back four where he can't really get picked up. Once he gets it, I'm thinking in my head, go on, drive at the heart of the back four. He does that. Brilliant shimmy that he does. You know, he's got it on his left foot. He just moves it on to his right, opens the goal up. But what impressed me, he's 15 yards from goal. He's got an England goalkeeper staring into his eyes. Doesn't blast it doesn't get excited, doesn't lose composure, just passes it into goal. Fully in control of what he does. Great team goal, great finish. Celebrate in front of the 14, uh, 1,400 Rangers fans. You know, uh, yeah, absolutely absolutely wonderful goal. And uh, I wouldn't get tired of watching that one for sure. What will that do for Abiriez's confidence? Because last season he did exceptionally well and then he was going through a period where he spoke towards the end of last season about it. There was a little bit of stick on social media and he said, as a footballer, that's something you have to accept. And he spoke um, with great maturity about it, if you like. He said, it's just part and parcel. I have to learn to accept that. You, you take the plaudits and when the criticism comes, you have to be able to, to take that as well and continue to play your game. But he is a young player and obviously it must be hard when, when that happens. So for his confidence, that must do him the world of good. Certainly will. Um, you know, if you look at a Berriezzi's season last year, pretty much mirrored the team, if you like. I thought he started the season really, really well. It was our shining light. You know, we were going well until Christmas. The team sort of fell off a cliff. Berriezzi's form sort of dipped. Still worked his socks off. You know, never hid. Um, but things weren't quite happening for him. I actually thought the last game of the season at Sheffield Wednesday was outstanding. Um, so I think that would have given him a lot of confidence going into the summer. New managers come in. It's obviously new managers. Obviously, seen what he can do, and he's put his arm around him. Said, "You know what? I really 
like you. I'm going to try and play you in a position where we can get the best of you. That gives a player confidence. And I thought, you know, his performance was good on Saturday. But that goal for me was um, for someone so young. Going back to the criticism that players get, you know, Berry as he was he twenty, you know, big expectations on him last year. He was built up to be this, that, and the other. And I say he's got bags of potential. But I always knew. Haven't been there myself, you know. You as a young player, you're going to have your ups. Don't get too carried away. Listen to the plaudits if you like, but there's always a, a bad month or a bad six yeah. weeks around the corner. How do you deal with that? Don't get too down with yourself either. And that's where good pros, good support network of coaches, managers, family, and friends are really, really important to just keep you level. Because you know what? If you've got ability, that'll that'll come back. It's just a matter of when. And like you say, we did seem to be in control. Then where we, 15 minutes ago, Klukas pulled the goal back and suddenly the atmosphere in the stadium seemed to change and it was um, all hands to the pump for the final period. Yeah, and um, yeah, the goal kind of came from nowhere in a way, but naturally, I guess, you know, to go to 2-1, the crowd suddenly, Stoke didn't look like they were going to get anything from the game and suddenly, you know, here, here's a chance to get something and you're thinking, here we go. But no, um, I think... What was really impressive on Saturday, just impressive, sorry, as playing football was the fact that, you know, we really did have to grind that result out for 15 minutes. We showed another side to our game and that, that was really impressive as well. Yeah, did that encourage you as well since the, the fact that we, for 75 minutes, we showed our, our style, if you like, and then when it came to standing up to be counted, we were, we were there for that as well. Yeah, we had to because I think Stoke had been really ineffective for 70 minutes. We had totally bust the game. You know, really imposed ourselves on them. Uh, their diamond formation, that their manager, I was a little bit worried about. You know, could that cause us problems? Because it can. That's a, it's a hard formation. But I thought the way we imposed ourselves on them, we exploited their diamond. And it wasn't until they made a couple of changes, personnel, and uh, certainly a, a, a tactical formation change that they started. That they brought Inson, played them wide right, moved McLean to play wide left, played with two guys up front who pace and mobility in Gregory and Campbell who came on and then they just started to cause us a few problems and you know listen if you go to Stoke with the quality they've got in their squad they're going to have a period of the game that they're going to dominate you know you, you're not going to dominate any game for 90 minutes you're not going to be comfortable for 90 minutes so they had their 15 minute period 20 minute period scored the goal yeah it was a little bit nervy a little bit edgy we got away with one or two bits and bobs towards the end but I think if we hadn't have walked away with three points I think everyone would have felt a little bit of uh, injustice. So, fantastic start, great win, early days yet. Let's not get carried away, but, you know, something there to build on. And the players and Mark and everyone at the club should be really delighted with their start, but knowing there's a hell of a long way to go yet. Yeah, of course, and people talk about bringing in 14 new players. How long will it take them to gel? There may be a period of them getting to know each other and then we go and win at Stoke. But it's worth noting that eight of the starting eleven were at the club last season. So players like Angel Rangel, Jeff Cameron, of course, they're new signings, if you like, because they joined on short-term contracts, or in the case of Jeff Cameron, he was on loan. So they are new signings in one respect, but they're not new faces. So eight of the starting 11 were here last season. So it's not, even though it is an overhaul, if you like, there is that um, continuity with, within the group as well, um, which is crucial. Angel, as I say, one of those new signings, as we've been, described him as. Um, he was critical to that performance as well. He's got the experience to, to help the younger players. 
And uh, we caught up with him earlier this week uh, attending a football schools event uh, during the half term period um, or the summer period, should I say. Uh, we caught up with him. Here's Angel Rangel. Angel, thanks for joining us on the Loftcast and great to see you back as a, a QPR player as well. How did it feel to pull on the blue and white hoops once again? It's great to be back, you know, I, I really enjoy my time here last season, so uh, to be able to enjoy another one and obviously starting the season well and having obviously lots of new faces in, you know, and being back in that changing room, uh, back at Loftus Road as well at our stadium in front of our fans, has been so far so good. And uh, you're like Peter Pan, aren't you? Every year you're looking younger, you get for another 90 minutes, not a problem. <laughs> Who told you that? I don't like to know how I feel. I might look, but I don't feel it. But, um, but no, yeah, it's all about, you know, trying to stay fit as, as much as you can, you know, trying to be as professional as you can and, and do the right things day in, day out, not only on the pitch, also off the pitch, you know. The rest time is very important, the nutrition, the fluids. I mean, every little helps. And I think when you reach a certain age, it's, it's important that you do things in a very professional way. And I've done it all my career. That's why I think at 36, I'm still playing at a good level. And uh, yeah, obviously, you lose a bit of pace, I'm not going to lie. But you gain more experience, you know, better positioning. You talk to the players around you a little bit more to try to help you a bit so you're not that exposed, if you like. And yeah, you know, we, as I said, you know, we've got a great group, group of players, people as well, and, and I'm enjoying it. 14 players in, 11 players out. The question was, how quickly are they going to gel? It's only one game, but the early signs are, are really encouraging. A 2-1 win at a place as difficult as Stoke City. Fantastic start. Fantastic. I think the first three points of the season are always probably one of the most important ones. You know, Andy will tell you that. I mean, uh, look at last season. It took us five games to get those, those first three points. And the panic in the in the camp was already there. So to get those three points doesn't mean we've won anything, but definitely there is more confidence, there is more belief. Obviously, there is, as you say, new faces, a lot of new faces. We've gone away in Austria for a week. We gelled in well. The new players later on came, like Jeff, and they've performed straight away. And and the philosophy of football is there. You know, where you can see we're comfortable with the ball. We go and press high sometimes. So it's still early days, but there is good signs so far. Last season under a different manager, you've come back during the summer, vastly different squad, relatively young squad. How do you see your role? There's a still a young squad, but I think it's a more experienced squad than last season. You know, when when the four all, older guys last season came in, there was a very young squad with little experience. This year, some of these young guys had gone alone last season, come back a bit more mature. The ones we've brought in, they seem more experienced. I know some have played only in the Scottish League, but it's still good experience. Some have been at, obviously in the Football League. And uh, there's more experience in the group, but myself, the role hasn't really changed. You know, I'm trying to help on the pitch and off the pitch, trying to give advice, trying to help in any capacity. You know, young lads always ask questions, not only football, it could be life, it could be anything. And I think it's important that you know what kind of people you have around you. And it's good that they respect me for that, you know. I know I've done my things in football and I've come here as an older guy, but I think it's important that you give the right advice and I think the lads are taking it, which is good. Do conversations like that happen in the dressing room, like you say, younger players speaking to you, and not just about football and positional sense and what to eat and what not to eat, but about general growing up? It is, it is, you know, they ask a lot of questions about my career. They might ask, oh, I'm trying to get a new car, what should I get? How much should I spend? Uh, you know, 
little things that sometimes a young lad doesn't really know what to do if they don't, if they don't have the right guidance. And I think, you know, I've, I've been there. I've been there and, and I, I know you always have to be sensible because football is it's a very short career at the end of the day and you, you know you need to be smart enough to invest a little bit of money spend it and enjoy it but always with the mindset of this is your future and you know as I say it's not about just football it's about everything and there's a very good humble group there which is very pleasing and your early impressions of Mark Warburton he likes to play a style of football that is a uh, very common to you having spent a decade yes. with Swansea it's very good I didn't think I could do it anymore because it is a lot more demanding than just uh, direct ball football you know you know you need to get wider higher up the pitch if you lose the ball you have to recover quicker and you got more responsibility obviously i get a lot more of the ball now than i did last season but as you say i've done it for so long and i think once you have it you have it it doesn't matter how old you are and it's been great we work a lot in training mark the the gaffa is very obviously sweet stone on on the positioning of the players on the pitch you know being a spot on all the time, knowing that if you're not in the right place, it might cost as a goal, you know, and also without the ball, you know, he's very, as, as well, he emphasizes a lot on how to press, how to be obviously a good unit on the pitch so we don't get broken down very easily. And um, yeah, I like him very much. He's, he's got that attention to detail in every part of the game. We do a lot of meetings uh, with video analysis and I think the picture is always better than just the talking. And I think his work so far, I know he's only one weekend, but I think the boys are buying into his ideas, which is great. QPR fans certainly enjoyed the win. They certainly enjoyed Ibire Ezi's goal. And uh, if memory serves, you assisted the assister. Talk us through the goal from your side. Uh, no, it was good. It was actually one of the points we talked in our game plan, you know. They play with that diamond system and Jordan Cousins was the one sitting in front of the back four. So the key was dragging Jordan out of that position for Epps to come in and find that pocket. And with a bit of patience and moving the ball about with one and one and two touch football, which is the simplest thing in football, but you have to do it. It worked well. Jeff got in behind Joe Allen well. I gave him the ball and he knew Epps was going to be there without looking. So it was a great ball. And then, you know Epps. Epps, you know, you could see the first half of the season, he was our best player. And uh, he's got the power dribbling with the ball, he beat defenders, I'd say for fun. He creates those overloads that I don't think anyone in the squad has. And uh, yeah, it was a great finish. I mean, a, a fantastic goal. And obviously on social media, you could see everyone was enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> this weekend against Huddersfield Town at the Kyan Prince Foundation Stadium. Uh, firstly, on the, the stadium rename, it's been named after uh, the Kyan Prince Foundation. And since just a, a word from you on that, it's a, a very special gesture by the club. Yeah, it's a wonderful gesture. You know, uh, we are a community club and, you know, we want to help and support charities and organisations that are right on our doorstep. You know, there's a, there's a link to the club through a tragic story with Kayan, you know, 15 in our academy, uh, world at his feet, dreams to look forward to, career to look forward to. Unfortunately, that was taken away in tragic circumstances, you know, and um, so the club from day one said we would work and stand shoulder to shoulder with the Kyan Prince Foundation. Um, when the naming rights came in, we put it out to the fans. They voted for, for that and it'll be, a, it'll be a special day. Mark is an uh, inspirational guy that we can all take something from. And it'll be a special day, um, the naming of the, the, the ground. And hopefully the guys can put on a, a performance and get a result that actually makes it even more special. And Andrew, you've always said that it's so important that a club understands its role in the community. And here we are, it's perfectly demonstrated by the fact that on a, 
a Tuesday afternoon. We find yourself and Jeff Cameron here working with uh, younger pl younger players here in the community and just giving them a bit of your time. How much do you enjoy that side of it? I think it's very important. You know, we ha we have to give something back. I come from a club that they also work a lot on community, and I've been very impressed with QPR. So when I first signed, I thought there's a London club. You know. But it's really a big family club, QPR, you know, and I've noticed that from day one, you know. Andy does a lot of work with you guys as well, and us players enjoy it. Enjoy it. I mean, it's, it's important that, you know, that we spend those couple of hours a week or whatever giving something back to those kids, that you put the smiles on their faces and you just help, you know, at the end of the day. And uh, that's been part of being a, a professional footballer at the end of the day, you know, it's not just kicking the ball and take the money home, you know, it's, a more, it's more than that. We are obviously role models to them, you know, and little things like that. For us it's little, but for them it's huge. So uh, it's great to see that also definitely in the stadium after this guy, you know, I think it's, it's a great gesture, as, as Andy said, you know. So for us, hopefully Saturday, that will help us give that extra, extra 10, 20% to give us the fans, obviously, a good result and a good performance. Just finally then, QPR v Huddersfield Town, what can we expect? Well, we don't really think much about them. You obviously see what their strengths are and their weaknesses, but for sure, home form has to be really good this season. You know, at the end of the day, that's how you win your fans, that's how you get them excited. And uh, we need a good run now, starting with this game, a team that they just lost at home the first game of the season. They just come down from the Premier League. No doubt they've got plenty of quality, but when we talk about team spirit, unity and work ethic, I think we, we are up there at the moment, you know, we work for each other really hard, you know, we got those few players that make the difference individually with their quality, but I'd say we are, we are a team and I think at home, I'm sure it's going to be quite loud uh, and people are going to be excited being the first game of the season. As I say, we need to come out and, and just give everything we got to get the second win of the season and see ourselves. In a, in a part of the table that we've been dreaming for a while, to be honest. <laughs> Brilliant, Angel. Thanks for your time. Best of luck on Saturday. Thanks, Thank you. Angel. Thank you. Well, Angel, he does enjoy the, um, the family aspect of being a player and the importance that his role has in the, in the community. He seems to really embrace that. He always says how much he enjoyed that at Swansea and clearly he's enjoying that here at QPR as well. And I know you attend a lot of these community trust events uh, and I, I know you get a, a great deal of personal enjoyment and satisfaction when you do attend them as well. They're, they're such an important part of what the club does. A huge part of what the, the club does. You know, we have an excellent uh, community trust that does fantastic work in the local community. You know, ranging right across the board, not just soccer schools, but as we're talking about that, for me, I enjoy them, but I love to see the present day players there, you know, that the youngsters can associate with, watch, have the name on the shirt. And as I say, we had Angel and uh, Jeff Cameron there today. They're two really, what I would describe as good professionals. I'm delighted to see them both back at the club. We saw the impact they had on the team and the squad last year. You know, uh, it was no coincidence where Jeff got injured against Leeds that we we got over that for three games but over the new year we fell off and Gel had his injury and I think we missed them missed them on the pitch but you also miss their influence in and around when things are going well steady down when things aren't going so well you know I often refer back and listen to Angel there about you know the role he can play and you know the experience he can pass on not just as a footballer but life I was privileged and I keep mentioning, I don't apologise for keep mentioning, I mentioned the late, great Ray Wilkins. He taught me so much about how to behave, how to act, 
how to speak, how to what to wear, you know, how to conduct yourself. And with Angel Rangel, who we've just spoke about there, that influence he can have on some of the younger players in and around the building, I don't think you can put a price on it. So I'm delighted to see him back playing as a player, but I know the influence he can have in and around the building, whether he's playing or not. And we mentioned the Kind Prince Foundation Stadium launch, of course, this coming weekend against Huddersfield Town. It will be a hugely emotional day for Mark Prince and his family. And there's plenty, as you can imagine, going on um, on Saturday. Mark will be speaking on the pitch at approximately 2.45. So that's sure to be a, a very emotional listen. Mark's a very emotional, passionate guy. And uh, certainly when he speaks about Kai and it certainly ticks those boxes. It is sure to be a very emotional listen. So make sure if you are attending the game on Saturday, you're in your seats for that. And um, Matt Webb, our programme editor extraordinaire, it's a, a special programme as well this weekend. Yeah, um, we've obviously got various tributes um, in the programme. Um, actually, um, this interview with Mark Prince, um, really, really in-depth. Uh, it's definitely worth a read. I think the most important thing, uh, from this weekend's programme is that um, 50p from each copy is going to the Crime Prince Foundation. So if you can pick up a copy, it's uh, definitely um, helping to go to a, a really good cause. Great stuff. Um, and turning to the match itself, uh, Huddersfield, what can we expect? As always, you've been diligent in your preparation as you prepare uh, for Saturday since. Uh, what can we expect from Huddersfield? Obviously, they had their opening game of the season on Monday night against Derby County, a disappointing 2-1 home defeat, two incredible Tom Lawrence goals in, in as many minutes uh, did the damage for them. But what was your uh, assessment of the performance? You're never quite gonna, you never quite know what you're gonna get from teams who've just come down or teams who come up for that reason. You know, we see Barnsley turnover full. You know, who would have predicted that one? So Huddersfield coming down, a bit of an overhaul there, different players, new manager came in towards the end of last season. Let's face it, they had a horrendous season last year. I think they only won three games, 16 points relegated. But, you know, they'll be they'll be strongly fancied. I watched the game uh, as, I, as I tried to do to get a little bit of insight and research on the opposition. Is that what you say to, to Linda, is it? Look, this is research. Yeah, I'm working. I'm working, love. Go and get yourself out for dinner. <laughs> um, I thought they were actually... I thought they were poorish in the first half, to be fair, and Derby were deservedly... 2-0 up. I thought the second half was a little bit of a different game. But any side, they've got the likes of Aaron Moy, uh, you know, Pritchard, Grant in their side, you know, are going to be going to be decent. They've got experience at the back. So, um, say it every week and people smile, you know, every game's tough in the Championship. If we're not at it Saturday, we'll come unstuck. If we're at it and build on what we did Saturday, I'm really, really confident we can put another uh, positive result on the board, build the confidence, keep us going and uh, go into the next game. How do you expect Mark Warburton to approach this? He, he has that style of play. Um, do you expect his approach to be different at home to it, how it is away? I saw his comments on Saturday saying he probably we didn't play as much football as he would have probably liked. But you know, horses for courses, you you take into consideration where you're playing, the standard of the opposition, the time you are in the game, what what's the scoreline. You know, you uh, and I think that's good management and good game management from the players so uh, Mark will be very positive as we've already spoke about he'll want to impose ourselves on Huddersfield he'll want to get on the front foot for me in the two games Watford and Saturday that I've seen um, 
there's a definite change in the way we defend. And I say that where I think we defend with a much higher line. We get 15 yards up the pitch from what we were last year. That enables us to defend from the front. That enables the midfield to lock on. I thought Cameron and Amos were, were excellent with a closing down. So if you can win the ball higher up, you're already in a better position. So that's a big difference for me. But I say Mark will be positive. Mark will probably expect us to dominate the ball here at home. And I would like to think that can be the case. Let's get after Huddersfield. Let's put them on the back foot. Let's build on the fantastic performance, the fantastic result that we picked up up at Stoke and let's get more points on the board. Maybe it should be a special atmosphere, obviously, with everything that's going on. The first home game of the season, the fact that we started the, se started the season so well with the victory against Stoke always helps to put bums on seats as well. Yeah, I think um, the, the kind of the first home game of the season is always uh, there's that kind of um, air of anticipation, that bit of excitement for the, the, the new season brings. But uh, yeah, I think added to that is you know winning in such a, a great way and winning in such a great way on Saturday against Stoke. And yeah, you, you mentioned it earlier, but um, Mark Prince is doing a um, is doing a kind of an introduction to the crowd and uh, courts free. Did you say? I definitely think that's one to get in your seats for because uh, yeah, that that will make the atmosphere even better. I think. Great stuff. Webby, since thanks very much for joining us as always. Thanks for joining us on the Loftcast. We'll be back soon. We've got plenty of midweek games coming up, but we'll be back very soon. Mm -hmm.